Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club. Anna Geary here and I've got my lovely co-host, we've got a lovely forgetful co-host, Anita Baldwin here. <laughs> She's like getting ready to go on another uh, holiday, so you're in that mode of trying to pack, aren't you? Making yeah, sure I really hate pants, packing actually. Pants. I'd like someone to just do it for me. Uh, you but, know which bit I like is when you get back. I like it so that then they just wash all, sort it all out, wash it all, put it all back. That's the bit. Because it's so nice and mild here. So we've got a dress on today. And um, obviously I'm going skiing. So I've got to get my head. Anyway, that's boring, yeah, isn't it? I've got to get, get my head around it. So, yeah, so today's episode, we are um, interviewing a lovely lady called Tracy Bedwell. Um, and it, what really struck me about Tracy here in the episode, she's just like, she just goes for stuff. All the way through her career, she's just thought, right, okay, I'll give this a go and just does it fearlessly. Doesn't think about all the, well, I'm sure she does think, but she still, if she gets given an opportunity, says yes and works it out later. So that there's a lot to be said for that. And I think more and more people are getting more cautious and they're not doing this. It's like a lost art being able yeah. to just go do, like dive in and do stuff. I'm not sure it's really taught anymore. It's all like... um, It's discouraged, isn't it? Because the idea is you're supposed to pass your exams first time. You're supposed to, you know, not make... There's too much emphasis on getting things right all the while now, isn't there? Instead of just... There's not enough about just going and doing it for yourself. Like, Mm. you know, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking of just my own example, but my kids aren't hungry to go and get a job. They haven't been going oh can I have a paper round oh can I clean your car for this and you know they're just just like oh get up go to and they do well you know they're never late for school they're really great kids but there's just no one them they ain't got a lump of the like I think like we I often was gagging to get a job as soon as I was 14 yeah people often ask what did you do when you and I, I do point out rightly or wrongly to like my kids all the jobs that I'd already had by the time I was their age you know I was walking dogs age nine taking paper rounds washing people's car just out on the hustle just to get money to buy myself chocolate bars basically or to be able to go skating and things Uh, whereas they don't seem to have that you know maybe their lives are too full well the thing is they've got they have things the youth of today they there's stuff to sound like an old lady (laughs) there's there's stuff to entertain them even if they don't have any money if that makes sense so if you've got your phone or you've got access to the internet like obviously people have now there's lots to be filling your time up with whereas the desire and hunger to get that cash in to, to get going and yeah you're listening you're hearing the episode with tracy talks about when she started her business and she's literally just getting a pile of like yellow pages and ringing doing it for herself picking up the phone and ringing these people and trying to make appointments whereas i think people expect to get jobs and be given the list and babied and scripts and what to do and actually sometimes you just need to go and do the do don't you yeah and cool. i think maybe we just see people there who have had the training on this and um been qualified in that and that's who we compare ourselves to rather than those um and i hope trace doesn't mind me referring to it like but scrappy people who just go right mm. i've got to earn some money i'm going to just go and do it who cares whether she's had a load of training or qualifications or, or whatever she's just going to get out and do it and that's what i love yeah and my um I've just been for lunch with one of my old old managers. I was saying some of the things my daughter's like now. She goes, she's just like you. She's just like you for some of it because she does, although she's not out getting, earning the much, she's not hungry for the cash. She is, if she wants something to happen, she does make it happen. And she was saying, oh, that, that's like you. you. You were like that. So, yeah, but yeah, and I'd say put us in the scrappy category. 
it's not it's absolutely not an insult as well, it's yeah. a compliment yeah definitely to get out there get your hands dirty get, do what you need to do to get i'm sure there are still loads of want. people like that hmm. um i just unfortunately don't have the mix of don't my kids them. as great role models <laughs> yeah. which is what i'd like yeah, yeah. Cool. anyway so let's, let's get into it. it if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe business i'm in is um is a learning and development company so we set up about 22 years ago now and we do all things learning and development so basically soft skills sales marketing leadership six sigma finance personal development we also do some business consultancy and some business coaching so have you always kind of worked for yourself then no no i started off my career in banking um Yeah, and worked my way up to a bank manager's role <laughs> and, um, and then sort of left retail banking and corporate banking and got moved into the um, HR department there and um, worked my way up to National Learning and Development Manager for Barclays Bank and did that for quite a long time, actually. Did that from the age of 16 all the way through to 30 and then left, mm. took voluntary redundancy and left and um, just decided to have a go at setting up on my own just me with the yellow pages because there was oh, no cool. real internet then <laughs> so what did you start off doing just sales training actually Anita. Oh, okay. so i would go to the library literally but i don't know whether you remember you i don't think you two are old enough but in in the old days in the library they used to have every yellow pages from every part of the uk and i would sit there and pull them all out on the floor and make lists of banks all over and financial companies and just focused on really calling banks saying this is what I used to do this is what I do will you employ me we meet people and they're like oh I haven't I'm just waiting for my accreditation and I haven't set up my website and I just need to learn this I just need do you know what just crack on and make a viable business out of just getting on with it that's what I did I used to just sit on my bedroom floor with a phone and a list of things from the library and hit the phone I love that, and, yeah. and just get some clients. It was it was several years in before really the internet took off, probably a good five years before we even had a website, I would say. I mean, I'm going back to the time of MySpace. I mean, there, there, really, wasn't <laughs> even, there really wasn't even a Facebook around or yeah. anything like that. Well, really I often was. say to my kids, like, how easy it, life is for them now because, um, like, you know, in terms of doing their homework, like how they can just do the homework wherever they've got you know you've got google you've got all the resources and i I often say like how we would have to like walk to the library and the thing is because i wasn't the most organized person obviously everybody in that class is all doing the same subject so there'll be like three books on that subject and all three books will be out of the library at that time and not having like uh especially tell it no offense parents but um not having like intelligent family members either to ask you're just like there's no wonder I didn't bother doing the homework when no. I got to a certain age just didn't bother doing any at all I must have tried I suppose to just thought, getting there a little bit earlier so you could get the well, book no because I wouldn't have been, to go there weren't yeah there? see I wouldn't have been that organized too <laughs> yeah. you know me Anita I ain't gonna be the first one down that library getting the book on. <laughs> just a lot of memories life has changed significantly oh, and, you know but we can't retain information anymore because of the google culture because it's so easy come it's also easy go in our memories um and our attention spans have like deteriorated massively because of that but yeah. I think I think you're totally right I think when people are setting up a business now I, I don't know or maybe I was wrong I didn't really give it much thought I just knew what I was good at and just started and ah but that's a superpower because especially you know when you're new to anything and, and if if like you've not got too much 
like overwhelmed too much you don't think too much about it sometimes that can be the best thing because you go out we were actually speaking to somebody potential client actually but we were speaking to him the other day and he was saying actually um he's not as fearless as he was when he was younger because and actually sometimes when he hires people that are just grads they'll call up someone that he'd never dream of calling because he'd think well hang on a minute they're not going to use us because they're they're huge they've got all the all these different ways and it's going to be too hard work to get into there the grad makes that call because they treat it the exact same as they treat a smaller business and get through and actually make happen because they don't they don't really think of it either either way it's just don't go for it if you get it you get it you don't you don't and i think that's that's a big part of sales though isn't it being fearless and actually i think it's um, a big part of sales and running your own business mm. really i'm still that way really i mean my business has grown and we have now 20 of us not one and we work all over the globe and it's grown because I'm fearless. You know, I, I will get a phone call from a client who says things like, um, can you deliver in this language? And I will say, yes, yes. Work it out later. I love the <laughs> language, but we do. And, um, you know, I, I remember being on holiday once in Rio many years ago and getting a phone call from somebody who found me on the internet. It was quite new then. And he'd rang me up and said, I found your profile on the internet. And I'm ringing you from a place called Dubai. And this was in 2002. And I thought, worst Dubai. A, Never heard yeah. of Dubai. And I was quite well traveled, but I hadn't heard of Dubai. And he said, we'd like you to come over. We've seen on the internet that you're a call center expert. And I thought, I'm not really. A, I don't know where you've read that. But I was like, oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm a call center expert. Yes. Um, would you like to come over to Dubai and run some courses for us? Um, and I was like, yeah, sure. And I put the phone down and I said to my husband, um, I'm off to Dubai to run courses on call centers. And he's like, where's that? And why are you doing that? I said, I don't know, but we'll go and we'll see what happens. And um, it led to me setting up a whole separate business in Dubai. And, you know, 17 years later, we're still there and going strong. You know, yeah. I know. There's a lot to be said for just saying yes. We talked to someone the other day, actually, who I used to work with 20 years ago, and they were doing something massively different than when I knew them. And I said, have you ended up doing this? She went, I don't really know. I just know I have a policy of just saying yes to things. I and that's it, isn't it? Yeah. I have a policy of saying yes. And I, there isn't anything I don't think that we can't. No, I'm, I'm going to change that. There are lots of things that we don't say yes to because we know what we're focused on. So, you know, someone came to us and said, Tracy, can you deliver some IT training or some health and safety training? No, we don't get involved yeah. in that. But in terms of what we do, I, I, we do it really well. And if there's something that, you know, is, is not what we normally do within our normal realms of things, but we have the capability, I say yes, and then we work out how to do it. Yeah. And Sales is something that most people struggle with I think particularly small business owners so mm -hmm. our listeners start up on their own yeah. and suddenly you're head of sales and actually if you wanted to go into sales you'd have gone into sales 20 years ago but mm -hmm. yeah suddenly you're dumped right in it and literally your success your business will succeed or fail based on how good you are at something you've mm -hmm. never been trained to do never wanted to do and are quite reluctant to do anyway so yeah. what are like the fundamental things that people need to put in place to get good at that do you think well, I think sales has changed a lot and it hasn't. I mean, you know, there are still, as you said, the, you know, the fundamentals of chain of sales that you still need yeah. to be good at. I would go back a stage further and say the first part is working out who your target audience and client is to start with. Yes, um, and, you know, what it is you're delivering, what value you add, what your brand is. So there's a lot of the pre-work um which I think has to be in place to start with, you know, who's my ideal client? 
And what value do I add to that ideal client with my offering, whether it's a product or a service? I think once you've got that in place, I don't think you need fancy websites. I don't think you need, you know, lots of fancy brochures and things. I think you need good outreach skills. So I think to start with, good good research skills. So where, where do I find these clients? Where are they? How do I research to find these good clients? And that could be researching on LinkedIn if you're B2B. It could be, you know, using good old Google. It could be going to networking, you know. Yeah. But you've got to have a great toolkit of research capabilities where you can find potential clients. And I think one of my top tips is don't rely just on one, one stream. Yeah. Research, you know, there's a lot once you've researched them and um you know you have to qualify them you've got to outreach to them so that could be a good old telesales call it could be you know an email it could be um on linkedin sending a personalized message but you've got to reach out to them make that initial co contact and you've got to qualify it to make sure are they a good potential fit for me or not you know and don't don't be scared to say no to people if they're not a good potential fit yeah millions of customers out there for you so don't waste time on the ones that are not a good fit yeah There's a lot that are i'd say to people you need to remember it's a numbers game so the more research you do the more outreach you do the more eventual appointments you will make you know it really is a numbers game so you can have a whole day where you'll get no all day yeah and the next day you'll get a few yeses and that's that's sales for you so I think, you know, and then once you've got the appointment, whether that be on Zoom or telephone or face to face, you've 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 got to really then think about the actual sales process. How do I build rapport? How do I identify what it is they want? How do I offer our solution to them that really adds value to them? And it's not about flogging your products and services. It's about what is it they need? What problems do they have and how can we help them overcome them and what value can we add? And basically, you know, to persuade them that they can't do without us because this is what we're going to do to change their world for them. Yeah. You know, handling all the objections, maybe doing a bit of negotiation, closing the sales a big one because we spend all this time researching and outreaching and having the meeting and then we give up really easy. We don't. Yeah, you get all those leads up. and you're not you doing the most up. you can do with those leads. Yeah. We don't follow up enough. You know, we really mm. don't follow up enough. And then. You know, making sure we do a good job and building that client to be a loyal advocate for us and to be a loyal client so that, you know, for us, I would say all our clients are view, view us as an extension of their L&D department. So when they can't do it, we're the first person they think of. And that's what your client, you know, and they advocate for us. They give us references. They go on video and do testimonials. They recommend us to their friends. And that, in a nutshell, is selling. And um, it's a process. And it's a yeah. hard process, but it's a process that if you get the process right and you set aside time every day to do it, eventually your pipeline becomes a continuous thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you started with um, work out who your ideal client is and what mm -hmm. their pain points are because you don't sell the stuff, you sell the outcome. And mm -hmm. all of our programs, group programs and one-to-one -one start with let's nail your ideal client and your messaging. And mm -hmm. what we say is once you get that right, everything else is so much easier. And it's true, isn't it? And I, and I think you've got to give to get. I'm a great believer in giving to get. So, you know, we during lockdown, we did a lot of free webinars. We're not doing as many at the moment because we're a little bit busy, but we we have 
crafted a whole free section on our website which has over 200 free resources and you know people often say to me are these all free yeah because you know we only give away probably 20 percent of what we could give somebody yeah, but yeah. we give a lot of free things and giving away adding value brings it back to you as well i think yeah and there are people aren't there who aren't ready to buy they're just still in that fact finding learning and they kind of got to go through actually if i could do it on my own i'd already have done it on my own so i do need some help but i haven't recognized that in myself yet so i'm going to do a bit of learning and i'm going to download all these free things i'm going to learn a bit more and before they get and not everybody gets here but before they get to the point where they go do you know what i need someone to just help me implement hold me accountable make this fit my particular business whatever that is i need someone to you know take me to that next level would you get further faster at the end of the day don't you i think so yeah i think it's a mixture of a lot of things and you know it's a mixture of marketing knowledge a mixture of sales knowledge and a mixture of just you know human behavior as well you know we 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 buy from people we like we buy from people we trust we buy from people who think can give us some value which we can't have you know which we can't source ourselves mm -hmm. yeah and who we think are like us in a certain way you know you need to resonate so. with them we literally buy from people we like you know yeah. big part of our training is you know looking at our behavioral and our personality styles and looking at our potential clients you know and thinking you know it's not about trying to sell or communicate in the way we like it's about selling and communicating in the way they like because i'm a, like, a blunt speaker i kind of like no yeah. one cares about you we all care about ourselves and what you can do for us mm -hmm. um and that's it really isn't it yes and you know and even if you're using you know you're trying to persuade someone to do it you need to persuade them on the things that are important with to them and not yeah. what's important to you so yeah, yeah, there's nothing more awkward when someone's trying to sell you. Maybe they've called you, I don't know, and they're like saying, they're they're like selling on a benefit that has you're not interested in at all. And because of my background's in sales, I always used to go, let me stop you there. You like you've not found out if that's is is important to me because it really isn't, and it's just you're banging on about that particular benefit. But and I, I think it's boring to you, isn't it? That. It's like yeah. the opposite. Yeah, yeah. It's like and I can always remember really that. A really good story from from when I worked in the bank. They brought out a product, an, a brand new product. It was a really good product, and it was one of those bank accounts that you had to pay like a monthly fee for, and you got lots of things free. And it was like yeah. they really were one of the first ones to do that. And it was a very small amount of money. It was about five pounds a month, and you got eleven things free from it. Really good things, things like free will writing services. I think there was some free insurance. If you had kids, there was something free for them. There was a whole plethora of things they got free, and they they um they got this great big call center of people experts on the product and that was it they had to hit the phone and ring any customer who they thought was potentially eligible for it because you had to be eligible for it and after about a month they called me up uh, in the learning and development department and said tracy we've we've got a massive problem here you know we've got this new product we've got all these people ringing up and you know we haven't anyone buying it and we don't know why they're not buying it because it's a great product so I went in and listened in, and it was exactly what you just said, Anna. They were ringing up and saying, okay, um, do you want this new, fancy, wonderful product? It's only £5 a month, and for £5 you get. And they were really an awful These 11 things. All 11 you things. Are, you only have to hear one that's not for you. Exactly. And you're like, oh, you can't take that on. It's too much. Well, well I think the first thought was, that's expensive, because mm. you're paying for something you don't need. So I had to change their mindset and say, not everyone's got kids. Not not everybody travels. Not everybody has a credit, you know. So you're going to have to find out what of those 11 
are suitable for them and then major in on them and say for only five pounds a month you will get one two three and then that becomes really valuable to them but give them 11 they'll think i'm paying for seven things that i don't need here so don't so no thanks i don't want it and it's that mindset of you know really value selling but all you know but it's what we call like a consultative sales approach where you're you're working with them to find out what it is they need and then really focusing on that parts of your product or service that fits that needs and not talking about the rest of it yeah so the first part is about listening having the right questions and listening asking the right questions and listening yeah but amazing that like they ran it for a month a big organization ran it for a month and no one thought that they just insane, couldn't understand why someone didn't mm. want it and it was a great product it was a wonderful product. They were just going at it in the wrong way. <laughs> Often when it doesn't work, they think, oh, it's not valuable enough. Let's put more stuff in it and let's tell them more stuff about we're it. We're always actually, like, it's not about the stuff. It's simplifying and stripping back, yeah. isn't it? I think also this this is a problem even now, even nowadays in all of the companies we work on, the fact that marketing and sales do not work hand in hand together. Marketing <laughs> might come up with something really good. And sales hate marketing. marketing. I've been in marketing all my life, and salespeople yeah. always. That's hate why us. it's quite weird that we work because Anita's like proper marketer, and mm -hmm. I'm salesperson. So we don't well, actually we don't like each other. So <laughs> it's still it's still running through. Oh, actually, that's a <laughs> harsh way to find out whether I thought we did. <laughs> no, but I, I think it's because we don't actually just sit hundred percent in one or the we other. We recognise that sales because and marketing, we've now, marketing is sales. Yeah, but if you only have a job. They have you to work often together. don't, yeah. The most successful companies, marketing and sales, work together. Mm. And they often give like the sales, the best salesman, like marketing and sales director title or vice versa, rather yeah. than finding someone who truly understands how to make them work together in yeah. a way that works. Yeah, I mean, you know, market, you know, sales should be going to marketing to saying this is what we need to help us sell our products and services. You know, we need this, we need that, we need content for our LinkedIn posts, we need you know this brochure we need this information and set you know and then marketing should be going to sales saying you know when you're going out there with this what are the clients thinking about it how do we need to change they it? don't like to give feedback on their sales meetings i know, I know. No. we need to work hand in hand more together and you know that would solve a massive yeah. proportion of the problems with sales within organization so when i done it mark uh, sales just like just shove an ad out your ad's not working do more ads just put an ad in the other page and like well i need to know what to talk about in order to make it effective so i need some feedback on what people are saying at the, the ones that work and the ones that don't work uh, but they don't want to fill out forms and you know no. give you information no. stuff. sales needs to tell marketing what they need to know marketing needs to produce something good and then give sales the leads on the back of that you know yeah. and the best one I had is a salesman um, who didn't like, we were a software company, and he didn't like how our software looked. He said, oh, it looks like, you know, cranky and outdated. So just get Google it and uh, get some images off Google and use that on the marketing. <laughs> we're like, technically, that's illegal because it's not our product. <laughs> you know, I do it all the time. Also doesn't really build trust or <laughs> credibility in your product offering, does it, really, when they get it and realise it doesn't look like what they thought it was going to But that's like, you know, traditional old school, like second-hand car, selling granny salesman who's you know, getting the sale at any cost, regardless of whether yeah. they're actually being honest about the product, which is like a kind of the stereotype that I think is long gone now. That's what people God. get put off about sales because they imagine they have to step into that 
or be a version of that and they don't realize that actually everybody sells all the time in and some actually way selling is allowing people to buy and i think that's mm. the best way to sell isn't it facilitating it yeah. with online now as you said online people research not just your product but they research you if they know they've got a meeting mm. with you they're going to look at you on linkedin they may even look at your facebook they're going to look at the website you know so it's really important that you're building this personal brand on there Mm -hmm. that says what you do and what you can offer people what value you add because people are going to research you if they're going to do business with you now and if you're and not on there if you're not on linkedin they're going to think the worst like mm, what have you got to hide if you're not yeah. on these platforms yeah. not saying you have to be on like instagram facebook whatever but you no, do need a linkedin presence LinkedIn if you're in business absolutely and i think if and i think it's equally as bad if you're on it but not using it properly if you've got yeah. like a really you know outdated or half-assed approach profile on there that actually looks worse than not being on there yeah. you know? or you've got a social media manager that's doing it for you that just yeah. thinks that they know what to put out and no one's helping them so they just put out what they think's best which is not a, flip, a true reflection of what you do what you're about or anything it's just noise just sharing company posts. Post. company page posts. Yeah. <laughs> For the young people out there who might be listening to this, why? Be careful you put on the internet because people do research you. They, they do. Come back and bite you on the bum. There's a lot to consider in sales. A lot, I think. And it's a really well. I, it's a really interesting subject to me. I love it. It's you know, it's it's my passion. But it's easy when you know how and you put the work in. Uh, to me, marketing, I love, I've always loved marketing and I think sales is very similar. It's like a puzzle. And if you can just put the pieces together right, it'll work. So it's almost like the psychology of people because people are so interesting and motivating them and, um, you know, getting their attention and all of that. It's just putting the puzzle together in the right way, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, you know, I think it's a great subject. And as you say, if you, especially if you're running your own business and it's a small business, it's something you're going to have to get good at. Yeah, and actually being shit at it is as much information that you need to get better at it as like hitting it. You know, who the hell is going to be successful straight away? So accept that you're going to have no's and you can have failures, and just learn from them. A small bits, you know, maybe start off by trying to work out who your ideal client is, and then the next bit, have a look at your LinkedIn profile and do a little bit of work on that. Have a go at doing a week just of telesales and try and sort of work out what's working and not working on that you know go and download something free like mailchimp and have a go at doing some email marketing and you know there's lots of little things you can do just small bits each month yeah. each week so, you know. do you mainly work with big clients then no no not at all we do some work one-on-one -on -one, you know we have some small independent companies who come to us um in fact if you look on my linkedin today there's a great reference on there from a small company who came to us i think they only have six staff they're based in america and they said you know we're just not good at this um can you look at our website can you look at this can you see what we're doing right can you see what we're doing wrong equally we work with companies that have you know twenty thousand stuff yeah it doesn't really matter to us you know I, I don't care whether there's just two of you and you just want to sort your linkedin profile out and have someone help you with your website and have someone help you make outbound calls um you know to listen in some out one and coach you on that or whether you've got twenty thousand, it really doesn't matter to us but the one thing i will say is we only work in-house we don't do public programs or anything like that are you still very hands-on in all of that then yeah i am quite i mean as i say i've got 20 well the, the, i've got 19 trainers and consultants and coaches so i mean i can't do everything there are some things i do myself i still do a lot of conference speaking um i still speak to every brand new client until i hand it over to when the job starts so i i, I do all of that because it you know it's my company it's my baby i don't 
Um, I, I, I'm the one who does all, all of the LinkedIn training because I'll be honest with you, nobody else keeps up to date with it. In our company, they're all too busy. So, you know, to do LinkedIn training, you need to be up to date daily. You need to be using it. Yeah, you need to be using it daily and be up to date with it daily. Yeah. yeah, but there are some things I do, but generally I source the new clients and get the job on and up and running and then passed it over to the team who deal with it then and then if things go wrong you're back in i'm back in absolutely <laughs> it's my business you know we we're yeah. in dubai last week we've got a big job on it's training 200 and odd staff i went over wow. to run the first course and two of my trainers watched it and then they're now delivering it but you know i'm in touch with the client at every point yeah how have you found uh do Dubai changed because if you went over in 2002 that was a massively different <laughs> 20 years on like how did and I'm especially interested because you're female and actually mm. even now when I say I'm going out to Dubai there's people that are like oh my god you've got to watch out because you're a female going to this um this strange land and it's like it's not really like that anymore so yeah. what it was is it underneath like? though isn't it, it, it is underneath walking, but like but you know day to day you're not you know you don't have to be fearful like I think there's a lot written around it isn't there that the people are scared of so if you what what was your experience like when you went in 20, uh, 2002 in comparison to now I'm probably a little bit different to some I was quite well traveled so we'd already done quite a lot of work in America and new in Hong Kong and you know the Far East and so and Europe so we were quite well traveled and I just don't I don't think myself as female I just I just just go and do it and I don't give it a second thought so you know in 2003 I was going to Saudi dressed in you know full full dress you know face covered having to have a chauffeur but I just didn't think of it for me it's about getting business and for me it's exciting to travel and the one thing I will say is I think in the Middle East being female hugely helped me yeah uh, because I was unusual I'm not novelty just Mm -hmm. But I'm it is important tall. to fit in with their culture yeah. and their rules. I'm very tall. I'm very blonde. Um, I'm very loud, and they don't. Ha they don't even now. They don't get that over there. Yeah. And also, I respect their culture. You know, yeah. my children's godparents are Arabic. You know, most of my friends are Arabic. I respect their culture. I dress appropriately. I speak a little bit of their language. You know, I understand local customs, and I learn all that. And um, I, I think it works to my advantage hugely, hugely. You know, I, I've never had a minute's issue over there, ever, with any client or, you know, being a female over there at any part, at any part of the Middle East. I've, I've only ever felt welcome. And it's, it's the part of the world, as I say, we work globally, but it's the one part of the world that if I didn't live here, and I live here due to having elderly parents and you know, being having to look after them. If I didn't live here, that's where I would be living in the Middle East because it's the place where I feel the most at home. Interesting. And I like that you, it's a mindset thing. This is the same way as you went to the library and got a whole bunch of <laughs> yellow pages from all over the place. You just got yourself over to over to Dubai and just got on with it. Not not over overthought any of it. So that's obviously worked in your, as, to yeah, your advantage. I don't think there's anything I can't do. And if I, if I try it and it doesn't work, I think, okay, next yeah. so what is next then what is next oh gosh well I'm, you know um for me it's just about growing the business that little bit more um 
you know, COVID hit and lockdown hit and it was hard. We yeah, because a lot in, lot of yours is in person, isn't it? You well, it was pretty much all in person mm. up until the beginning of 20, I say all in person, mm. 5% maybe we did on, you know, virtually. Um, and then literally overnight in March, when lockdown started, we lost a half a million pounds of business overnight mm. and it was frightening. Yeah, so we had to rethink and and it's been great you know we've rebranded our offering we do different things now i think we're in a much stronger position now moving forward we're pretty much back to where we were i think by the end of this year we will be back to where we were pre-covid which i think in two years is pretty good That's great Turn um, around, yeah. and i think we're coming out of it with a stronger offering now <coughs> much bless you a much stronger <laughs> offering um so for me it's just about consolidating what we've done in the last two years and growing it that little bit further really um and building it back up again I, I feel like we can grow further now i feel i feel like probably post post lockdown we were at a we were at saturation point I, I couldn't see how we could grow it much further without becoming a larger business which i didn't want to do yeah and i was even thinking about you know i had a few offers to buy us out just before covid and i was thinking i'm probably going to have to do this because i don't want to but i think we've we've refocused and we've got a better offering now we're you know we've we've set up a few new partnerships we've just done one in the uk and i'm just about to set up another arm of the business in the middle east and um yeah i think it's exciting times certainly i feel like i was ready to sell before covid i feel like i'm absolutely not ready to sell i've got the spark and the enthusiasm back now yeah and it's interesting as bad as covid was uh, and it was worse for a lot of people than than me, definitely. But there's also some real positives that have come out of it in terms of people that have pivoted on their business, people that have just yeah. doing things differently. And, and actually, it's pushed them in a way that they didn't know they wanted to go, but they're loving it. I, I think so, you know, and I'm only 52. And I think certainly for the next five years, I, I want to carry it on, move it forward, you know, become more global. We all like working overseas. So, you know, more in the Middle East, more in America in particular, get back into the Far East when we're allowed to yeah. and, you know, and, and, and try and get a few more clients in the UK. You know, it's, it's our least markets. <laughs> I'd like to try Isn't and do a bit weird? more. I'd like why? to do something in the UK. We only do like 10% of our work in the UK. I'd well, like to why do you more think more. that is then? I don't really focus on it that much. <laughs> 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 Can I get a point to you? No, I'm not coming. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe I don't focus on it on enough. And I'm going to say something that is really true here. If I'm going over to, I don't know, let's say, for example, I decide I'm going to go to Norway for a week or I'm going to go to Spain for a week or I'm going to go to Oman or New York for a week and I want to fill my week with meetings, I find it super easy to fill that week with meetings. I feel that the people in the UK don't really like talking to you very much. It's much harder. No, I know what you mean. I agree. It is. You know, people the in UK the UK has a natural suspicion. Yeah. Uh, you might try and tell me something. Uh, no. <laughs> right. I can literally say, I think I'm going to go to Oman next week. I can send out on, on LinkedIn, um, you know, 100 personalised messages saying, hey, you know, we haven't spoke for a while. I'm in, I'm in town. How, how do you fancy having a coffee on Wednesday? And out of those 100 messages, I will get 70 that say yes. I'll send 100 out in the UK and I'll be lucky if I get one that says yes yeah so maybe it's me thinking it's just a damn sight easier to sell overseas <laughs> and maybe it's yeah. your love of travel coming through you know maybe i don't know but i would like to focus a little bit more on the uk and perhaps win some you know 
perhaps win a few tenders. I don't know. It went the way you oh, ever so, win a tender. Yeah, I used to work for a business and that was part of it. And it's bloody trying to win a tender in the UK is like trying to, you know, plat jam, as I say. You well, they're often, and this is a controversial comment, but the industry I was in, especially, they are often, uh, they know exactly who they want. And often yeah. the company they want has written the tender. Yeah. And so you're, you're going through a paper exercise that costs you time. a lot of man hours and a lot of, you know, cost. And 100%. you've got no hope ever. So, you know, I have got to focus on that. But my main focus is the next five years, just consolidating how we've changed, what we've done and growing that really. So we always ask a couple of questions at the end of the podcast. Uh, we are the Get Savvy Club. So yeah. as if we don't know already from listening to you for the last like half an hour or so. But um, what makes you savvy, do you think? I think I'm resilient. I think resilience is a massive thing that you need when you're running your yeah. own business and in sales, both of those. So I think I'm usually resilient. Ask anybody who knows me and they'll say, oh, Tracy's fine. Don't worry about Tracy. She'll bounce back. So I think that's the main part. And I think I'm hugely adaptable. You know, I'll give you one example of that. I was once sat in the client's waiting room in Dubai, um, just waiting to go in and have a meeting with them. I was sat chatting to a guy who was also waiting to go and have a meeting. I said, oh, well, what are you here to talk to them about? He said, Lean Six Sigma. And I was like, what's that? Tell me about that. And then I came back and I Googled it and I looked at it and I thought, right, we're going to deliver Lean Six Sigma. If he can do it, we can do it. And I found four trainers and I onboarded them and it's now our biggest earner. Wow. Wow. So I think adaptability, you know, adaptability in, in the marketplace is key and having a resilience, especially when you're running your own business and, and, and having to sell. And just getting on and bloody doing stuff. Yeah. Not going, well, I've got this and I haven't got that. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to come just doing it. Just jumping in with both feet and not yeah. worrying if it doesn't work. If it doesn't work, you know, as if it doesn't work, as we say in the, in the Middle East, alas, move on. Alas. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, love it. And the second question we always ask is for you to recommend a book to our listeners. So it can be a business book, marketing book, um, some a personal development book, a book that's helped you along the way. I'm going to recommend two. I'm going to recommend a business book. I'm going to recommend The Science of Persuasion oh, okay. by Robert, I can never pronounce his surname, Chialdini. Chialdini. I really like this book. I use it a lot in, in our classes. Um, I think it's great for everything. I think it's great for selling. I think it's great for marketing. I think it's great for negotiation, <laughs> communications, yeah. Yeah. you know, conflict. Uh, it, it's six simple. Probably principles. good for relationships as well. Yeah, it's six in, six simple principles of how you can persuade others to do what you want them to do. And I, <laughs> I even work with my kids. I'm going to read it. <laughs> it's really good. It's simple and I really like it. I mean, there's loads of business books, but this is one that comes to mind straight away. And I'm going to recommend a personal type of self-development book that I read years ago that I buy everybody I know now for a Christmas present or whatever. It's uh, it's called Tuesdays with Mori. If you've not read Tuesdays Never with Never heard of it. That's M-O-R-R-I-E. Tuesdays with Mori by Mitch Albion. It's a true story. And it's about a guy. And oh no, I'm I'm not going to tell you about the book. But what I will say is, it makes you realise that um, life is short, and um, uh, you know, relationships with the right people are precious. It's about spending your time on the right things with the right people, and not getting caught up in the rat race and just slowing down a little bit and rethinking. And um, yeah, it's a wonderful book. I once read it on a plane, and I sobbed and I sobbed and I sobbed. And I've read it several times since, and I've bought it everybody I know. Might be one for my kids. Give them to read as well as me. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a wonderful book. I'd say a teenager rather than, you know. They are just, both teenagers. You know, yeah. Teenagers or and anybody. Anybody will gain a lot from reading that book. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. Thank you very Brilliant. much. It's been really interesting. Yeah. So how it's can our listeners find out a little bit more about you? What's the best way of connecting to you? Okay. Well, we have a website, which is salestraining.int.com. So you can go on the website. We've got lots of information on there. And more importantly, we've got a free resources section with about yeah. 200 downloads on there. So go and have a look at that. Um, we have a YouTube channel, Sales Training International, with lots of videos on there. Please subscribe to that. That would be great. And um, you can find me on LinkedIn as my name, Tracy Bedwell, or you can find us the company page, Sales Training International, is on there too. So any of those things. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. Awesome. So we told you at the start that this is going to be a great interview, and it really is. And I think that Tracy is a great role model for um women um for entrepreneurs for anyone who's like fed up doing what they're doing and wants to do something different and thinking well i can't because i haven't got this and i can't do that and just you know crack on and do it and i know that obviously she's great at sales because she trains other people to sell um but it doesn't matter she just had a will doesn't so actually when i um became self-employed it wasn't like a grand plan and we often speak to people who say right I'm setting up this business on the side and I'm still working and I want to earn enough to so I can give up the day job and that's great but in a way um you're almost like hog tying yourself because there is that safety, safety blanket there, yeah. yeah of um the money you've got coming in and um I had years of working part-time but never actually started another business because I guess I didn't really need it that much and so I um it wasn't planned, but through like various decisions, I ended up leaving uh, my job and ending up with nothing and thinking, right, now's the time. I could have carried on, but I thought, actually, no, um, I've had an opportunity, so I'm going to stop. And now's the time to set up on my own. And the fact that I literally started earning zero and had bills to pay, kids to feed, a mortgage, um, I didn't have that luxury of going, oh, I've just got to go and get qualified in this and that. I had to go and start doing a bit of hustle. And that's great for me because it meant I was right outside my comfort zone. Um, big deep breath and off I go and it was great I met some great people had great experiences got some lovely clients started working with Anna set up the Get Sally Club and the rest is history so who the hell knows what will happen if you just take that leap of faith and get out there yeah. one um, step forward isn't it just keep yeah. keeping on and actually but yeah be mindful of getting the cash in and be mindful of not just learning another thing another thing but actually going out and implementing and taking action. and put yourself in the way of opportunity because it does not come to you you've got to get out there and have conversations with people so um, yeah. and before I started working with Anna on Get Sally Club other people had approached me and said oh do you like to do this together and that and I always went yeah 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 and actually none of them ever really came to anything but they could have who knows yeah you know. oh god i don't try loads of different things so it's, it's 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 worthwhile but um so if you want to win one of the books that tracy recommended tuesday with Mari or science of persuasion which is the other one that she recommended then all you need to do is screenshot this episode and share it on our instagram or facebook or linkedin make sure you tag us in otherwise we will not know that you've done it make um, sure you leave us a review too yeah give us a review you know whatever it's not that hard to do so just do it it's free and um question that we've been sent through this week is from leslie who's asking do i need to get um all the like webcam um microphone or will my just my laptop do when i'm doing zooms and things yeah of course it will anything will do your phone will do mm. um 
your laptop will do and is it better to have a professional setup great yeah of course it is do you absolutely need it definitely not no um just get on with it and get doing it and then that will make you earn the money so that when you buy the professional yeah. setup it's like not oh my god how much is this costing it's just yeah. oh yeah another grand oh another grand doesn't matter it's all yeah. more coming in don't be the all the gear no idea like me um originally when we bought all podcast stuff and whatever find somebody that can tell you what you what you need so if you're just um looking to do coaching and you want to do online coaching you don't have to get a separate webcam you don't have to get a separate microphone you can just use literally your laptop what's on there but if you are going to go down the route of doing podcasting it's worth getting a decent microphone i do think actually our early days of doing the um program that we ran social media made easy we recorded it on anita's laptop and actually now we do have proper it's not an expensive microphone by the way what we've got it's just a usb one that plugs into the thing so it's not all singing or dancing but it does make a big difference because those ones yeti. we originally if you a blue yeti i guess we could ask our tech our podcast guys to put in like a link to a half decent mic whichever one's you know affordable at the minute on amazon on on this particular podcast but on this episode when we watch back those videos that we did the early days of um social media made easy and we recorded them on your laptop does sound tinny in comparison to having this decent mic um, but it does mic you can understand better it's Mm. not hideous to have to watch um you know so i mean we had a, a text i shared it on social media from one of our clients he said that already this month she was um she'd already made eight and a half k uh most she'd ever made and it wasn't even the end of the month i think it was sent it about a week ago and she um, she's done that without the tech so yeah yeah you know you don't. it's not a prerequisite to make the kind of money you want to make is it nice to have yeah great but do it when you can afford it better to make sure it's more important nice new clothes <laughs> the odd spa day nice meal out with your partner or your mates mm. glass of prosecco now and then um and yeah feeding your kids do all of that and then if there's a bit left over um go sort yourself microphone. anyway yeah so look forward to seeing your screenshots of this and sending your books reading out. your reviews reading mm. your reviews having you email us to tell us about a podcast and how you listen to it. Love to know how you consume these as well. Because um, people telling us like, you know, that, that we're like a regular in their ears at the gym, say, or, you know, on their car journey into the office and things. So, And then I know. will let you know all about the Altitude Festival in Austria that oh, I'm going yeah. to tomorrow and whether it's worth great. going because it's an annual thing. So, yeah, can't wait. Excellent. Bye. See you all soon. Stay savvy. Bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, connect with us on social media. Just search Get Savvy Club.